chapter twenty of blackthorn farm by arthur applin this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty plans for escape marjorie looked at her lover he met her gaze fairly but she saw fear in his eyes a thing she had never seen there before she knew he had never known the meaning of fear until now then she looked at her brother crossing to his side she told him to stand up look at me rupert tell me whether you're innocent or guilty one moment before you speak i know but i want to hear the truth from your lips it can make no difference jim crichton spoke he has been found guilty he has escaped from prison he must go back to prison brother and sister were standing close together facing one another fearlessly now to jim listening and watching it seemed a long time before rupert spoke i am innocent he said at last marjorie put her arms around him holding him closely and tightly i knew it tears filled her eyes but she forced them back who was the guilty person do you know that yes i know that who was it her voice rose triumphantly again there was a long silence jim turned his back he was fighting against the fear which possessed him he was afraid of himself emotions of which he had never before been conscious filled his heart war against ideals principles and faiths to which he had been brought up i shall never say who was guilty marjorie gave vent to a little cry a cry of joy she took her brother's hands both of them and covered them with kisses roughly he snatched them away and stood back i've given you my message though it has come too late i don't know what despard has done for you but don't trust him marjorie warned father when i said just now that i had had no intention of escaping it was true but now i have escaped i don't mean to go back if you won't help me if the man who loves you does his duty and gives me up then i shall fight for it he backed across the room as he spoke and gazed around as if seeking some weapon marjorie stepped towards her lover and held out her arms jim he shook his head and crossing the room unlocked the door jim what are you going to do i must do my duty she followed him your duty to the state but what of me yes i am pleading for myself now for the love we bear one another the door-handle rattled in his hand he stood with his back towards her marjorie don't tempt me i'm not tempting you she replied quietly i'm asking you calmly and coldly to save my brother i know what i'm asking i know that if you hide him and if he's discovered you will be ruined i realize the awful responsibility i'm putting on you i'm doing a terrible thing but i'm doing it with my eyes open conscious of the love i bear you still i ask it save him beads of perspiration stood on rupert's forehead he was trembling from head to foot as with an ague the muscles of his face worked convulsively just let me go then i'll take my chances outside they'll never know i was here i'll swear to that a few hours more of freedom that's all i want i might get back home and see my father for a moment they won't take me alive i can't go back to that granite hell at princeton death's easier i'm not afraid for i can die fighting but to be taken back like a dog on a chain to be put into a hole where there is neither night nor day only silence and four narrow walls and a cup of water and a piece of bread jim held up his hand silence dale don't say any more this rests between marjorie and me there is one thing however you should know i am going to marry your sister 
rupert made a movement forward then stopped i told you just now that i was a coward he cried fiercely his voice rising i am no longer a man prison has done its work quickly all i want now is freedom i don't care how i get it i was neither a thief nor a liar nor a coward when i was convicted nine months ago but i am now and i'll lie cheat kill for freedom i'm going to get out of this house alive even if they shoot me like a dog outside your garden gate so now you know be silent jim said again he turned round and looked at marjorie you have heard what do you say save him perhaps i am asking you the greatest thing in the world but my love is worth the sacrifice make it he took her hands in his then they were as cold as ice she scarcely looked beautiful the agony she was undergoing had distorted her features wait here i shall not be long he left the room closing the door behind him marjorie stood with her back to it supporting herself against it rupert stared round the room crossed to the conservatory door and closed it he pulled the curtain at the window closer he picked up the decanter of whisky as if to help himself again but changed his mind and put it down twice he tried to speak but no words issued from his lips sit down dear marjorie said striving to regain her normal voice you must be very tired he nodded his head but remained standing jim was absent a long time now and then sounds they would not have heard under ordinary circumstances startled the brother and sister waiting in the drawing-room waiting far apart once they had been all in all to one another now a third person stood between them and in his hands lay rupert's life at last rupert spoke i can't stand this much longer marjorie open the door and let me go i'm asking too much let me go and take my chance she shook her head wait at last jim returned he left the door open and beckoned rupert follow me the convict glanced at him there was no need to question he crossed the room on tiptoe holding his breath his expression was that of a hunted animal his movements the same the door closed and marjorie was alone an hour passed but now she was unconscious of time she sat on the chesterfield staring into space she was only conscious of jim's presence when she felt his arms around her father may return any moment he said she heard a sob of fear in his voice it had changed she did not recognize it as the voice of her lover i am afraid you must go before you go i must tell you what i've done and what i hope to do listen dear and remember i'm listening jim you know my workroom at the back of the house just underneath my bedroom it was built out for me just before i joined the r f c underneath is a cellar where i keep a few things stored plant bits of machinery petrol and so forth some of the plant i want for my experiments is there and a small furnace the entrance to my workroom is always locked and the way to the cellar bolted and padlocked too i've hidden him there in the cellar binks my bull terrier always sleeps in the workroom he knows rupert remembered him and made friends at once he would give warning if anyone approached i've given rupert a change of clothes and food enough of the latter to last him twenty-four hours in case of need i spend half the day in my workroom always so he won't feel lonely a fortnight or three weeks at least must pass before we can dream of escape he can change his appearance in that time too he waited a moment marjorie said nothing but he felt her body tremble he held her tighter i thought of a way 
it seems the only way but at the same time it means the greatest risk i'll tell you now in case there's not another opportunity we may want your help in about three weeks time i'm doing a special flight a long distance flight from netheravon to plymouth carrying a passenger it isn't long enough to attract public attention as an experiment i'm using a new engine and trying a little invention of my own which the government may take up a certain amount of secrecy will therefore be observed i shall be free to make whatever arrangements i like take whatever course i choose and so forth my idea hazy at present is that rupert shall be my passenger if i can pick him up and land him at plymouth he'll stand a chance a fairly good one perhaps luckily he knows every inch of dartmoor so do i a monoplane doesn't attract as much attention as it used to and if the public doesn't know anything about the flight or the direction i'm taking i may manage to pass over the wildest part of dartmoor cranmere pool for example come down there unnoticed and pick up rupert don't say anything dear and now go if you're asked don't hesitate to say where you've spent this evening hide nothing except the fact that you've seen your brother any distress you may show would be perfectly natural blackthorn farm is sure to be watched day and night you and your father will be watched and followed probably but that needn't prevent your coming up here if you want to see me i won't announce our engagement until rupert is safe in case it arouses suspicion he led her to the door good night dear god bless you god bless you she stammered it is mean to ask now but tell me one thing more before i go you don't hate me i've asked the impossible and you have done it you won't hate me when you realize what you've done he forced her eyes to meet his and he smiled bravely i realized what i was doing before i did it dear it's a big thing it's like war that's all now i love you better than the sentence was unfinished he kissed her lips and opening the door led her through the hall out into the garden there he wished her good-night again loudly in a cheery tone of voice and watched her until she was out of sight the fog had quite disappeared the million eyes of the night shone from a cloudless sky an owl hooted from a wood on the right down in the valley the east dart sang its way to the sea jim crichton looked up at the sky and presently he smiled it was good to be a soldier and to fight it was better to be a man and to love End of chapter twenty